Let's continue to clap our hands unto the Lord and give God praise tonight. Can we just lift up the name of Jesus for a moment? Right where you're at, all over the building, somebody just lift up the name of Jesus. You're worthy, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Ah, praise ye the Lord. That means you praise the Lord. That means I praise the Lord. Praise God in His sanctuary. Praise Him in the firmament of His power. Hallelujah. Praise Him for His mighty acts. Praise Him according to His excellent greatness. Praise Him with the stringed instruments and organs. Praise Him with the timbrel and dance. Ha! Praise Him on the loud cymbals. Praise Him on the high-sounding cymbals. Let everything that hath breath, let everything that hath breath, let everything that hath breath, praise ye the Lord. I'll just lift Him up a little higher. Lift Him up a little higher. Lift Him. Just, just... Help me exalt him. Jesus. Y'all better be careful. Y'all going to have a move of God in this place tonight. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. In Jesus name. Uh, how, many have a, how many have a reason to praise him tonight? Hallelujah. Ah, oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. If he, never, if he never did another thing for me, I'd still praise him. He's done enough. And eventually, once he's done so much for you that you move past the performance-based worship and you realize it's not even about what he's done, it's about who he is. And you just praise him because he's worthy. praise him because he is great his proportion is great and because he is great the praise allotted to him is great he's greatly to be praised How? thank you Jesus thank you Jesus God is so good what a beautiful spirit of worship is in this place and um I can tell people are here uh, ready to praise God and ready to get something from the Lord tonight. Amen. I understand people have been praying, people have been fasting, and I can feel it in this atmosphere. Uh, I believe God is going to do great things during the course of this camp meeting. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. It is my honor and my privilege to be with you. Here tonight in San Jose, Pastor Shoemaker, thank you for the invitation. And um, I have been a friend to, uh, Shoemaker has been a friend to me. His family has been very dear to our family for many years. And uh, 20 years ago, we were in the other building with y'all. I was with my brother, and we had good church. Amen. Younger, thinner. Amen. But that's all right. 
<laughs> it's good to be with you here tonight, and I'm excited about what God's doing. Great to be with these ministering brethren, uh, Brother Jackson, Brother Booker, uh, different men around the sanctuary. I'm looking forward to the ministry here this week. I'm looking forward to hearing from God. Amen. Bishop Shoemaker, it's great to see you, and Sister Shoemaker, it's wonderful to be with you again. Praise God. Amen. Thank the Lord. Well, I'm not that great with preliminaries, so I'm going to jump right into the Word of God. Amen. If you've got a Bible, I'll have you turn with me to the book of Judges, chapter 3. Um, I was never good at politics. My preliminaries are usually short. I usually forget people's names. I call them the wrong names. My political career was cut very short because of that. So I figure I'll just stick with what I know best. Let me just be quiet and preach. Because God's Word is good. Amen. God's Word is so good. Judges chapter 3. And I will begin reading at verse 14. Judges chapter 3 and verse 14. So the children of Israel served Eglon, the king of Moab, 18 years. But when the children of Israel cried unto the Lord, the Lord raised them up a deliverer. Ehud, the son of Girah, a Benjamite, a man left-handed. And by him the children of Israel sent a present unto Eglon, the king of Moab. Ehud had made him a dagger which had two edges of a cubit length, and he did gird it under his raiment upon his right thigh. He brought the present unto Eglon, king of Moab, and Eglon was a very fat man. I laugh every time I read that. It just says it. When he had made an end to offer the present, he sent away the people that bear the present, but he himself turned again from the quarries that were by Gilgal and said, I have a secret errand unto thee, O king, who said, Keep silence. And all that stood by him went out from him. And Ehud came unto him, and he was sitting in a summer parlor, which he had for himself alone. And Ehud said, I have a message from God unto thee. He arose out of his seat. And Ehud put forth his left hand, took the dagger from his right thigh, thrust it into his belly. Haft also went in after the blade. The fat closed upon the blade so that he could not draw the dagger out of his belly and the dirt came out. A graphic picture of a heathen king who encounters a man with a message, a present from God, and I think we are living in a world that we need, we need genuine apostolicism in this world. We don't need to play church. We don't need to pull punches. We don't need to quiet down. But we need to bring a message from God. That's the only thing going to set God's people free. Amen. I want to preach a simple message I've entitled Ehud, a man left-handed. Ehud, a man 
left handed. Amen. Look at the person next to you. Tell them, I'm looking for a left handed blessing. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. I love God's church. I love, I love everything about it. I, I am in love with our doctrine. I don't just know the doctrine, I actually love the doctrine. I think it's a mistake to simply know it. I think it's a mistake to merely be acquainted with it. But the Word of God and God's working is so intricately put together that at times I just sit back in awe at what God knows. How far He sees and it reminds me, I better walk by faith because I'll never figure out what God's going to do. It has such an intricacy that one writer said that it was fitly framed together. There's a, an elegance to it. There's a profundity to it. It's so powerful that it catches you unaware. And it's a very arrogant thing to think that we could know God's purpose in its entirety. I think sometimes we would be better served to just lift our hands and say, have your way, Jesus. I don't know what you're doing, but I'm just going to shout hallelujah while you do it. I'm going to keep praying. I'm going to keep fasting. I'm going to follow the man of God. I'm going to have good church. I'm going to do what I know to do. Because I know you're working. I know you're working. God's accomplishing things that we cannot fathom. We cannot even begin to wrap our minds. And it's a mistake to, to think that we can. To the point where a lot of times... God's working will be so, so odd looking, so humble, so simple. It will literally come out of left field. And it's actually God's good pleasure to do it that way. At the end of the day, God's going to let every one of us in this building know that he is in control. And I think that there is, there is strength in recognizing how God operates. When, when, when God begins to move, 
A lot of times people are looking to figure it out. They're looking to perhaps manipulate it or to perhaps take advantage of it. People are really good at doing that. But God, the Bible says, he takes the wise in their own craftiness. And you'll think that something is happening and God is working in a way that you cannot even imagine. And when God gets finished, you'll look at it and say, how in the world did this happen? And another thing you'll say is, look what the Lord has done. He's not bound by human reasoning. As a matter of fact, he is adverse to human reasoning. Uh, he actually says that my ways are not your ways. And, and we shouldn't try to think too heavily about what he's doing and trying to control it because, um, because his thoughts are not our thoughts. If your thoughts come natural to you, and if it seems logical to you, find a prayer room and get a spiritual mind because his thoughts are not our thoughts. Amen. God uses five loaves and two fish while the disciples are over there trying to figure out how they're going to go to the market and, and save up their money, and, and he's working in a way that they can't imagine because his thoughts are not our thoughts. I don't want orchestrated, strategized services. Amen. I don't want orchestrated, strategized, commercialized, processed, homogenized preaching. Uh, we, we, we don't need that. We don't need perfect oratory. We need an anointed, prophetic administration of the spoken Word of God. We need the living Word of God. God. We need God's word, the flaming, powerful, alive, supernatural, anointed, chain-breaking, devil-chasing word of God to get down on the inside. Ah, oh, come on. I, I, I need God to work. I need the Holy Ghost to move. I need a heavenly administration. Amen. And there's a problem. The more intelligent we get, the more tempted we are to lean on our intelligent intelligence. When we are specifically admonished to lean not to thine own understanding. To lean literally means, means to take the weight off. To distribute the weight to another. Well, it seems to me observation has never been a good predictor of God's purpose. Observation would have left them at the Red Sea wondering what was going on. Observation would have sent Naaman back home to Syria and he never would have been healed of his leprosy. Observation would have left Saul trembling in his throne room and David never would have showed up because observation said there is no way. Calculation says there is no way. Empirical thinking uh, says there's no way. But the kingdom of God cometh not with observation. But revelation is something entirely different. It's when God comes out of nowhere and says where you stop, 
I start. Where you can't, I can. Now stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. It is here that I part the Red Sea. It is here that you dip seven times and come up with the skin of a baby. It is here that Goliath falls and it's here that I feed the multitudes. I could preach about right-handedness. I could preach about power. I could preach about authority, and it would all be good. I would also preach about convention. I would preach about habitual things. I would preach about the fact that it's common and that it's ordinary and it's usual. God doesn't do usual. This world doesn't need a usual church. It doesn't need a common church. Hallelujah, we are living in a world that is turning to, to witchcraft and to Satanism and mysticism and, and Wicca and, and, and every, every other thing out there that, that poses as, as God. And, and what they need is not a toned-down church. They don't, they don't need a seeker-friendly church. Uh-uh. They, they don't need to turn the volume down. They need to turn the volume up. They need preachers to preach it hot. They need singers to sing under the unction and the anointing. They, oh, hallelujah. They need an aisle-running church. They need a chain-breaking church. Yes, they do. They need, a, they need somebody that knows how to get a hold of the purpose of God and say, you know what, this thing might go sideways, but that's all right. Let's have a move of God. Hallelujah. I want somebody to get the devil cast out of them. I, I want somebody to be healed in their body. I want somebody to be raised up out of their predicament. And it's not going to happen with conformity. It's going to happen with the book of Acts. Experience. <laughs> Amen. Ooh, I like anointed worship. It's pleasantly unsophisticated. Amen. It is pleasantly raw around the edges. Amen. It's not choreographed. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I have seen too many well-choreographed praise teams. They have bright smiles. Their smiles are pasted on hair is carefully coiffed and outfits are bought at the high end and it's the latest style and sometimes it looks a little soft to me sometimes and and it seems like men aren't men anymore when when it gets really complex and and and, and things sound great musically but it doesn't ring right in my spirit there's something inside of me that says, where are the apostolics at? Where is that certain sound? Where is that genuine outpouring of a man's heart as he calls on the name of the living God? Hallelujah. I don't need a show. I need a miracle. I, I don't need a production. I need a move of the Holy Ghost. I need a sovereign act of God. You're
You're not going to save a rebellious teenager by playing church. But you've got to have a move of the Holy Ghost that gets a hold of them and turns them inside out. Oh, hallelujah. There's, there's a push to conformity the smarter we get. The more control we exert, the more, the more power-centric it becomes, the more right-handed it gets. God's kingdom was always a great speckled bird. God's kingdom has always been a peculiarity. When Balaam looked out over Israel, he said, the people shall dwell alone and they shall not be reckoned among the nations. You are not one among many, but you are the apple of my eye. You are my ambassador. You are my representative. And you know, let, me, let, me, let me tell you something about the peculiarity of the church. We're just a mirror of our Father. Because there is none like our God. The peculiarity of the church is a direct reflection of the oneness of God. There is only one God and there is only one church. Hallelujah. He's not like Zeus. He's not like Apollo. He's not like Baal. He's not like Ashtaroth. He's not like Molech. And his church is not like anybody else either. Stop trying to be like everybody else and try to be like your God. He is the only one. He sits alone. He does. He does all things after the counsel of his own will. He he is the I am, the self-existent one, and there's none like him, and there's none like his people. We look different, we talk different, we praise different, we preach different, we pray different, we look. And we do all that because he is different. I wonder if there's anybody that can give some one God praise. I, I'm, I'm not talking about conformity praise. I'm talking blood-washed praise. I'm talking anointed praise. I'm talking he brought me out of the miry clay praise. Come on. Is there anybody that knows his name? Is there anybody that knows his name is Jesus and can praise him according to that? I don't want to praise him like a televangelist. I don't want to praise him like religion. I don't want to praise him like that. I want to praise him in his uniqueness and his peculiarity. You shouldn't look like anybody else. You shouldn't pray like anybody else. You shouldn't shout like anybody else. You cannot choreograph 
God. Yeah, yeah. Amen. You can be seated. I, I actually think that God chose administrations that are carefully crafted to offend flesh. I believe that with all my heart. This was done by design. Don't try to make speaking in tongues fit in. It's purposely designed to offend the fire out of your pride. It's designed to keep the proud at arm's length. It's designed to keep the hypocrite smirking in the corner. It's designed to keep the false on the perimeter. Because it was made by a God who has no desire to be found by any of them. Hallelujah. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. There's a design to it. There's a heavenly design to it. Yeah. Man, you feel that? I can feel something starting up down in, I don't know what that is, but whatever that is, I just want to give it free course right there. It's, it's a left-handed kind of a message. It's, it's just coming from a place you can't even imagine. It's going to hit you. You're looking in one place and it's coming from the side because... Yeah, the Bible says that Jesus made himself of no reputation. He made himself of no reputation. And one day I read that like I'd read it a hundred times before that, and I just stopped and I said, wait a minute, he made. It was done by design. There was intent. There was forethought. There was, there was planning. <laughs> I'm telling you, God is so vast. I can, I can, I, when, when you start getting into the eternal and you start getting into the spirit, you start unlocking things that the carnal mind cannot even start to penetrate. Like a clockmaker would, 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 would build and balance sprockets and springs and timing mechanisms and ratchets and intricately balance and cause it to the clock to tick god in the same way balanced humility and made himself of no reputation he formed it that way on purpose halaboshata he had a design to what he did it was a different way. It wasn't a man-made way. It wasn't a, a natural way. It was a supernatural way. When he performed miracles, he, you know, if we did that, if we had blind eyes open, we'd print out business cards and we'd take a selfie with the guy. <laughs> we'd, we'd post it all over the place and tag everybody we could, letting them know. 
and try to act like you weren't trying to get your face in there <laughs> when you really were. Hallelujah. That's human nature. But Jesus said, see that thou tell no man. When you go back to your village, tell no man. And the Bible says, in spite of that, so much the more his fame went abroad. Hallelujah. But, but he had a design in what he was doing. Because Jesus was doing something they could not even fathom. He was bringing weapons to bear that were not of this world. When the Bible says they're mighty through God, that's not just a cliche. They are mighty through God. And they looked at him like he was crazy. They looked at, they looked at the eccentricity, the peculiarity of it. And as they tried to figure him out, and, 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 and Jesus knew something. He knew that they would try to take him by force and make him a king. He knew that they would exalt him in a physical manner, in a right-handed way. That's the way you do it. You come in with power. You overthrow everything. But oh, when, when the heathens king, kings came in, they came in with pomp and with circumstances and in chariots. And, and Artaxerxes had a train of people. And, and he had men carrying him in a basket and in a throne, a mobile throne. And Nebuchadnezzar had hanging gardens. And, and Alexander had military accompaniment. And, it was grand and it was shocking and awe-inspiring. And when the prophet said that Jerusalem's king would show up, he said, your king will come riding on a donkey. That is the mode of entry that he came. It's a left-handed kind of a thing. He just slips in under the radar. You wouldn't even notice it if you weren't looking. As a matter of fact, if you're looking for the flesh, you're going to miss Jesus. By design, he comes for the meek and the lowly. By design, he comes for the simple. By design, he comes for the hungry. He comes through Galilee. He comes through Nazareth. Because I'm not coming for the powerful. I'm coming for those that have ears to hear and eyes to see I'm coming to somebody ah! Pilate sat there trying to figure out he asked the question he asked a profound question almost rhetorically what is truth And the word stood in front of him. Mere feet away. Truth in sandals. Looked eyeball to eyeball at him. Camouflaged in the humble. Standing next to the cosmic creator. Blindly he operates in a right-handed fashion. People look at that and think, Jesus, what in the world are you doing? I'm telling you, it's a left-handed message. It comes out of nowhere. You think that I'm going to compete for a strip of dirt on the edge of the Mediterranean? This tiny little, this tiny little geographically limited location. Hallelujah. Pilate, I know you think it's big, but I'm not limited by geography. 
I'm not here. I'm not here to be another little rebel uprising. I'm not here to try another rebellious overthrow. My kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight for it. I'm not fighting for brick and mortar. You think this temple's great? They're, they're, they're in awe of it. But, but he's bringing a left-handed perspective when he said the day will come when not one stone is left on top of another because when the winds have scoured every sphinx and every pyramid and every temple and the tells and the mounds are built up and the sands have covered it long time ago, Jesus Christ's kingdom will still be alive and it will be growing every day because the government would be upon his shoulders. He's building a kingdom kingdom that is not of this world and in 2014 it's in France it's in London it's in America it's in San Jose it's in Africa it's not limited by geography it's not limited by you can't even imagine what he's doing so don't try to confine me to the things that you think are great There's power in the simplicity of it. It's like, it's like when you split the atom. And when you do it, you unleash the ability to topple entire cities. Because locked up in that obscurity is great power. He's not just competing He's not refusing to compete for the geography of his time. He's refusing to compete for time itself. Because I'm not bound by time. It makes sense for you if I show up. When he shows up at Lazarus' home and Mary and Martha are crying, and if you had been here, <laughs> and they're, they're chronologically bound. They're, 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 they're thinking, they're planning, and if we, had, we gave enough time, and if you had got here, if you hadn't, you know, we, we had it kind of planned out, and we, we were taking care of him, and we could have. And here is all the right-handed thinking that comes into play, all the planning and all the strategizing. And, and Jesus was trying to let, uh, Jesus actually allowed it to be so on purpose. He took his time on purpose because to a God that doesn't remain bound by time, he has a chance to show his glory. He stops off and performs other miracles. He stops off and takes his time. He shows up late on purpose because to God there's no such thing as late. He lives outside of time. And when they asked him if you had been here, he said, oh, if you knew who you were talking to, do you know who I am? Yeah, Lord, we know who you are. I am the resurrection and I am the life. It's not that I will be, I am Right now, I am the resurrection. I'm not bound by time. There is no, you should have got here. There is no, hope you get there one day. I'm already there. I already have it under control. I am already in position to give you a miracle. I'm not interested in the 70 year time span that I live here. Was what he was telling them. Because I'm not competing for ancient Palestine in the days of the Romans alone. <laughs> I'm not competing for that. This is so profound that I am ready to die 
Because my kingdom is timeless. My kingdom is eternal. And, 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 and the kings of this world, they come and they go. The Napoleons and the Alexanders and the Charlemagnes and the Nebuchadnezzars and the Dariuses and they build their monuments and their monuments fall and people only read them in history books and try to figure it out and eighth and ninth grade kids are bored to death trying to figure out what happened 4,000 years ago but Jesus Christ today has an army of men and women who are growing exponentially by leaps and bounds in the year 2014 because he's not bound by time he's not bound by our restrictions it's not a right-handed kind of a thing so you don't have to worry about when your blessings gonna get here go ahead and praise him right now praise him right now don't wait till it comes to pass God already has it figured out he's already got it planned out he knows what color it is he knows what make and model it is he knows where it's gonna be at stop crying and start dancing start shouting start worshiping God has it planned God has it God knew it before the foundation of the world and everything's gonna be all right Don't try to control it. Frustration should not cripple us. Frustration is when we yield to a feeling that says, I can't get what I want and I might not get it. You'll get everything God has for you. If you'll stay in his purpose. Frustration, bitterness, despair, Hallelujah. You better never preach a message to yourself. I've preached a message. I'm preaching a message to myself right now. You don't let those things get a grip on you. You don't let those things get a hold on you. God has it all under control. Stop trying to force him into the box of your understanding. He is beyond all of that. God has a left-handed blessing. God has something so simple and so profound. Hallelujah. He's just waiting on somebody to believe him and trust him and put their faith in him. This is why we walk by faith and we don't walk by sight. This is why we don't lean to our own understanding. This is why we don't allow those things to cripple us. This is why perfect love casts out all fear. God, he, he, he chooses things. He chooses things on purpose so that we'll know who is in control. Read the book of Ezekiel sometime and just circle how many times God says that they may know that I am the Lord. <laughs> well, I know, I know. Well, no, you don't know until he really demonstrates it. I'm not talking about head knowledge. I'm talking about down in your bones. I'm talking about down in your spirit. I'm talking about the kind of thing that Nebuchadnezzar knew that he was the Lord, but it wasn't until he ate grass for seven years and his nails grew that he stood up at the end of that and had his mind restored and said, Now I know that there is none like him. There's an arrogance. The stronger we get, the less anointed we get. 
the more right-handed we become, the more conforming we become. You know, I don't ever want to get so sophisticated that I can't have a move of God. Why is it that churches start out so humbly and with such a, a, a pleasant little eccentricity? A lot of times it's that little apostolic church around the way and somebody's banging on a keyboard and a lot of times it ain't that great. Now, I'm not glorifying ignorance. I think we, what we do, we need to do to the best of our ability. And we can be the best and we can be the head and not the tail and all of that. I'm not trying to glorify ignorance. But I am telling you that, that if we become wealthy, we have to remain poor in spirit. There, there's a dignity that comes. There's a, there's a lack of faith that comes. There, there's a reliance upon self that comes. Uh, we, we get accustomed to it as we conform. And, 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 and we, we learn how to be apostolic and we learn how to be Pentecostal and, and we forget the God that brought us out. A lot of times we don't need a healer because we have an insurance card and we don't need Jehovah Jireh because we have a bigger bank account and we're laying awake at night trying to figure out what we're going to do with all that we have and if you're not careful you'll, 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 you'll tear down your barns and you'll build bigger barns. I can never forget that everything I have God gave it to me. And my worship has to reflect that. And my walk with God has to reflect that. Hallelujah. My prayer life has to reflect that. I am never so smart that I don't need to pray. I don't ever learn so much about the Bible. I, I've never sat through enough message to where I don't need preaching anymore. I need preaching. Well, I've heard that before. Sometimes it's not about hearing a new thing. Sometimes it's about reinforcing an old thing. Hallelujah. Huh. The, 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 the conformity that comes upon us. The Bible describes a sin that so easily besets. There's, there is a, a cooling off. There is a settling down. If I'm not careful, I wake up one day and I'm spiritually obese. If I'm not careful, preaching comes forward, sharp preaching, that when it goes forth, it's just swallowed up. When he thrust the dagger into Ehud's belly, it swallowed it up. It went into the haft. I don't want to get to where preaching happens. And I don't even hear it. I don't want to get to where I know what the preacher's going to say next and I yawn my way through services. I don't want to get to where I've heard it all and oh well, Acts 2.38, I know what that's all about. My goodness. This is what it means to begin to conform to this world. To begin to lose sight of the supernatural. I think God has things working right now. 
I, I want to be careful that I don't become too pampered and too blessed. I don't want my blessing to become a curse. I want to keep the ragged edge of my spiritual walk with God. I want to keep the sharpness of the edge of my knife. I want to keep anointed. I, I want to be cognizant and aware of every person walking by me that God might use me to witness to them. Oh, well, I don't want the church to fill up and I assume somebody else goes on outreach. Uh-uh. God's going to use me. God is going to bring something to pass today. God, what are you doing today? Who do you want me to witness to? Who do you want me to talk to? How are you going to work today? I need to stretch myself to the point where God continuously has to provide. Hallelujah. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Amen. It's the kind of thing that I have to shake myself. And i got to praise Him past my blessing. I've got to praise Him past my, com my comfort. I've got to praise Him past my sedentary nature. I can't sit still, but I've got to move in the Holy Ghost. I've got to move in the Holy Ghost. I can't allow myself to settle. Because calculation will replace faith. The sedentary will replace the spontaneous. And I'll begin to rely on myself. The control of the finite. The strategy of the professional Pentecostal. I'll lose what makes God's purpose so powerful, so real, and so dynamic. If I ever let it become more about a show, if I, if I ever strategize and I begin to introduce elements that are not of God, if I ever start to, you know, it seems like the wealthier we get, we lose something. We lose that that eccentricity, that peculiarity that sets us apart from everybody else. I don't want to be like the church down the way. I'm apostolic. I'm bought by the blood of Jesus Christ. The simplicity of Acts 2.38 defines me. Holiness defines me. Hallelujah. These are simple things. They are things that, that look foreign to the world because they are foreign to the world. Preaching can never tone down to where it becomes lecturing. To where I get a sermon off of the internet because I'm too busy to pray. Young preacher, nothing will replace prayer. Nothing will replace, replace fresh manna that comes down from heaven. The Word of God is too profound. The Word of God is too powerful. And this world doesn't need another professor telling them why the Holy Ghost is not for us today. This world needs a left-handed messenger that comes in with the gospel of Jesus Christ and says you must repent of your sins and you're going to get the Holy Ghost. And yes, you're going to speak with other tongues. His Spirit is going to cry, Abba, Father. And His Spirit's going to bear witness with your spirit that you're a son of God. That 
that you're a daughter of God. We're going to clap our hands and we're going to leap for joy and we're going to preach and we're going to pray. We're going to pray until we cry, until our hair is messed up, until our shirt tail's hanging out and it's a left-handed dynamic that can save a man. Hallelujah. You have to be careful about becoming too polished. There's a control that comes with that. Young men, do not be waiting to get into a pulpit to learn how to preach. This city needs preachers that will go into the highways and the byways and will compel them to come. Hallelujah. It is, it is the edge of Pentecost. There was a day in the early 1900s where men preached on buses and they preached on street corners and they went in and it was, it was unsophisticated and it was wonderful. And people prayed until the Holy Ghost fell and revival started up in meetings and it spread through people's homes. And, and people laid hands on the sick on their jobs and God healed them right there. If God's people that are called by His name will pray and humble themselves and seek his face and turn from their wicked ways then God promises that he will hear from heaven and he will heal their land and he will bless them we have got to have that if we're going to make a difference in this generation They've heard the televangelists. They've seen the fake and they've seen the phony. They've seen people play games and not live the life. What they need is a left-handed message that comes in that says we're Jesus' name and we're not ashamed. I live holy and that's how I am. I live this way because I represent the God of heaven and earth. I'm a Jesus' name, one God, tongue-talking son of God. And I'm here to bring you. I have a message from God for you you Eglon hallelujah I want to know if there's anybody here that can give him some left-handed worship tonight I'm talking about hands lifted. I'm, I'm talking about making noise in the Holy Ghost. I'm talking about shaking yourself and say, I will not become a statistic. I will not grow lukewarm. I will not backslide. Come on. I will not fall by the wayside. I'm not going emergent. I'm not going charismatic. I'm not Trinitarian. I am apostolic. I am... Hallelujah. Somebody lift your hands. Right now. Somebody lift your voice. Right now in the Holy Ghost. I've got a left-handed message. I've got a left-handed gospel. I've got a left-handed move of God. Come on, don't fit in. Don't fit in. God help us, don't fit in. Don't try to fit in. I need, I need, I need some young men to rise up and say, I'm going to let God use me the way I feel like he needs to use me. You feel that in the Holy Ghost right now? I can feel that.
Yeah. This is how apostolics praise. This is how apostolics worship. We don't need an emergent church. We need a book of Acts church. We don't need a relative church. We need the great speckled bird. We need, we need the, we need the kingdom of God that transcends all of this. When your backslidden friend tells you you're too radical, you tell him, I have a message for you, King Eglon. I have a message for you. I haven't... I haven't quit praying. I haven't quit preaching. I haven't quit worshiping. I haven't quit believing. I still have it. Well, you need to turn it down. You... You're making a display. That's what they told Bartimaeus. Ah, but he cried the louder. He cried the louder. We don't need quiet church. We need a loud church. We need somebody to pour their heart out. We need somebody to get a hold of heaven's throne. I can feel it. I can feel it right there. It's right there. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, there's some young men. The Holy Ghost has told you. It has told you that you need to pray and seek the face of God. And he is going to raise you up to do a great work. To witness and to testify in the streets of San Jose. In the streets of your city. And it's time to stop being afraid. It's time to stop being intimidated. I know God has said it. And he is confirming it to you tonight. Young ladies, God is raising you up for his glory. And it's not time to be ashamed. It's not time to be embarrassed. I represent a unique holy God. It's a left-handed type of a thing. It's the kind of thing that comes from where you don't end Anticipate, and you can't even imagine. But I'm a handmaiden of the Lord. And I'm a vessel for His glory. Ha! Ha! In the name of Jesus, somebody lift your hands right now. I'm closing. Musicians can come. I've come to preach some, somebody out of conformity. I've come to preach somebody there out of their embarrassment. I've come to preach somebody out of their shyness and their reluctance. Hallelujah. I came to preach the fire into somebody's eyes. Come on, I need an Ehud. I need an Ehud. I need somebody that can pick up the knife and say, I've got it. I've got it. I've got the message that the world needs. I have the worship that the world needs. I have the church. They don't need me to fit in. Stop trying to be like backsliders. Stop trying to be like the carnal. Stop trying to be like the Moabites and the Edomites. You're apostolic. You're Jesus' name. 
I'm going to open up this altar. I want to know if there's somebody that can come up here and fall in love again with a left-handed message from God. This is my identity. This is the only message that makes a difference. Come on, young man. Come on, honey. Ah, I can feel it. I can feel it. I can feel it in the Holy Ghost right now, right now. Lift your hands and lift them high. Lift your voice and pray aloud. Speak in tongues as the Spirit gives the utterance. Refuse to conform to this world. I have a message from God for you, Eglon. I'm not like you and I never will be. My God's bigger than the culture. My God's bigger than the era that I live in. My God's bigger than the current fashion. I will never kneel to the idols of this generation. Come on, Ehud. Come on, Ehud. Bear this message. Preach this message. Sharpen your sword. Gird it about your thigh. Carry it to your work.
The Holy Ghost is here right now. This first night of camp meeting, there's a beautiful move of the Holy Ghost here right now. For the next few moments, I want you to lift your hands and I want you to shake off any conformity. I want you to shake off any doubts. I want you to shake off any inhibitions. And I want you to say, Jesus, here I am. I want you to have your way the rest of this week. I'm getting my pride out of the way right now. I'm getting my embarrassment out of the way right now. I want somebody to offer up a praise unto God that he is worthy of. Right now, from the front to the back, I want you to lift up your voice. I want you to shout unto God. I want you to come together in one mind and one accord. Hallelujah, that's it. Praise Him. Praise Him. Praise Him. Kick open the prison door. Shake the shackles off. Hallelujah. Somebody cry out. Start this first night off right. I'm going to praise my way into His presence. I'm going to praise my way into my miracle. I'm going to praise my way into what God has for me. Yes. 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 Speak it out. Speak it out. Speak it out. I can feel walls coming down right now. I can feel walls coming down right now in the Holy Ghost. I can feel people shaking off chains right now. Oh! it I can feel it I can feel it this is what the praying is for this is what the fasting is for there's some things you've been praying about God's bringing them to pass right now strongholds are coming down family problems are being solved right now this is it right here this is it right here 